Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second week of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again, uh, former longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Coach Mike Lockman. Mike, Joe, thanks again. You're welcome. We are uh, we're here this uh, again this fall, uh, recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, this week, we're going to take a look at Division Two, talk about some of the teams to beat and some of the top returning players for this season. As always, you can send us your questions and feedback by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, the show, you can listen to it every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, before we get started again, I'm going to do a little, uh, give myself a little plug here for the memberships that we've got uh, available on the site. Um, again, if you haven't visited the site for, you know, since the spring or even last football season, uh, we've got something new uh, that you might be interested in. It's a new membership options. Uh, this year we'll be offering a special football membership for anyone, uh, you know, who wants to get a little bit more in-depth with their football um, coverage. We're also offering one for field hockey and for volleyball. Uh, by signing up, you get access to all of the football stories throughout the year. Uh, and you'll also get a copy of the football preview magazine. And at the end of the year, we'll send you a copy of the football yearbook. Uh, by signing up, you guarantee that your team will get coverage for the 2019 season. I guess that's probably the biggest thing. And people sometimes ask, like, oh, how do you decide what games you're going to go to? And I'm like, you know, we're not a newspaper, so we don't have regional coverage. But, you know, the, the, those folks that want to pay a little extra to see their teams on the website, those are the, the teams that we go to first. Yep. Um, you know, so if you want to sign up for a membership, we'll come and cover your team. <laughs> I guess as simple as that, right? Uh, for more information uh, or to sign up, you can go to nh-highschoolsports.com, click on the membership tab at the top of the page. All right, got all that out of the way. Uh, Mike, how are we doing this week? Have a have a nice weekend. It was a good weekend. It feels a lot like football mm -hmm. out there. Though. I mean, not, not like August football usually. No, it feels like no. we should be getting ready to go to a game it, or two. Right, it feels like late September football. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to complain about it. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way. And I, so I'm I'm even more charged up for the start of the season than usual just because it's, it's in the air. It's got that feel. Yeah. We've been doing this now. This is our second week. Uh, I've heard a lot, you know, word on the street about practices and things going on and how teams are shaping up in their scrimmages. So, yeah, the blood's kind of pumping. It feels good. You know, one thing I did want to bring up before we uh, before we get into all this, um, I, I don't know if, if you saw this um, this week, but I guess there was a uh, report released of, of not just numbers of participation for, for sports um, around the country. Um, and I thought the interesting thing that was brought up, and y you mentioned, you know, talking about practices, and that's one thing I've been doing the last couple of weeks is going out to practices and talking to coaches and players. Um, you know, when the one thing I keep hearing, um, not so much that numbers are down, because, I mean, some places they are. I mean, it, it, it seems to be a yeah. just something, a, a trend from the yeah. last couple of years for whatever reason. But a lot of it also is... You know, not only are my numbers down, or my number, you know, my numbers are a little bit down, but this kid didn't show up because he's playing this sport. This kid decided not to play football because he wants to focus on his spring sport in the fall. Mm. You know, th just stuff like that. Um, more, even more spe specialization than I think. And um, you know, the the National Federation uh, of State High School Associations released numbers yesterday uh, that said for the first time in 30 years, participation in high school sports has gone down. High school sports in general. In general. Huh. Uh, and the biggest decline, uh, or it said for the 2018-19 school year, um, the decline overall was almost 44,000 kids, or a little more than 43,000 kids uh, nationwide 
last time there was any kind of decline was the 88-89 school year. Uh, and the two sports were the biggest declines, 11-man football and basketball. Hmm. Which have traditionally been the cornerstone sports right. in high school. Yeah. So over uh, there are over a million boys who were still playing um, 11-man football this you know this past year. Yeah. Uh, this is almost 31,000 fewer than last than the year before. However, six, eight, and nine-man football all went up. And I didn't realize this: uh, girls' 11-player football went up. Hmm. I didn't even know that there were it was high school girls football. I did not know I, that. I'm I've I seen like semi-pro stuff. In fact, there right. was a team like in Manchester about seven or eight years ago, but uh, I did not. I was not aware of and the existence of that. I had a hard time trying to find what states offer girls football, um, and I, I really couldn't find it. Like there just wasn't a list of of you know. You'd think that somewhere there would be someone would have compiled this. So if somebody started a two-team league, then that that would uh, that would that would sort of justify why that went up. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's never well, existed. Well, it before. says it's <laughs> doubled doubled over the past ten years. Okay. So someone's been playing for a while. Yeah. You know, and it just got me kind of wondering, um, you know, or could any of these things be in the future for New Hampshire? Um, I know we've uh, maybe not necessarily with the girls' football. I don't know if there's enough of a draw for that. I don't know if there's even interest in. I don't know if it's a thing that people have even thought of. Yeah. Um, I know every, you know, every year it seems like there's a couple of girls playing for 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 different teams here and there. Yeah. Um, but you know the 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 thing that kind of got me was the six, eight, and nine, you know, player football teams. Yeah. You know, I, I, is that maybe the future for some of the smaller schools? You know, this and this Thursday, um, NHIA Media Day, when a whole bunch of us media people go up there and, and chat with them for a little while might be something worth worth bringing up um but yeah i don't know i, I think it's an interesting question it is i you know uh, so i don't know a whole lot i obviously i'm somewhat familiar with the with the non-11 man football structures but from what i what i was always able to understand about where those are prevalent is in areas where they're it's far more rural and by rural i mean you know, the next town is uh, a 35, 40 no, minute I know drive. Right? It's not like town, I know what you're town, talking town. about. I, wor I worked in, in, in one of those areas yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for my, my first newspaper job. So, yeah. Right. So it wasn't, it's not as much uh, exclusively about numbers as it is also about the geography. Well, um, Maine has added, um, I don't remember what number it is. It's either eight or nine. Oh, is that right? Football, yeah. Okay. Um, but, I mean, part of that was more because they were having schools that were dropping football entirely. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case yet. I mean, I, you know, outside of Trinity taking a year off two years ago, that hasn't happened around here. So maybe it's not as, New Hampshire you know. seems to have adopted the model, which I really like, by the way. Of uh, and, I, and I know it's, it's not a perfect model, but I, I like the, uh, the co-op. Uh, model right where you have a couple towns that sort of get together and say hey we, we we care about football we may not have enough numbers in the school to sustain a program long term but if we if we partner up with this other local school we can bolster numbers and we can go uh, I think that's a good model I but I, I wouldn't rule anything out I mean think about the diversification of sports at the end you know that the NHIA has gone with oh the yeah last eight to ten years anything's possible yeah um, me personally, if you were asking my personal opinion, which nobody nobody probably cares <laughs> about, but I would prefer to see schools continue to pair up with each other. Yeah, bef um, before they do something like yeah, like a yeah, yeah less I'd than eleven. To continue to concentrate the league than dilute it. Right. And, and by that, it, you know, if you have to say, hey, these two schools, you know, that makes sense. And again, there, I'm sure there's complications involved with that, but um, there's some teams that have pulled it off kind of nicely. 
Um, and so I, 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 I would prefer to see that. Anyway, just a thought that I had. I yeah, wanted to, no, I wanted to make sure we mentioned. Let's uh, let's dive into Division Two. I mean, what we were coming here to do today. Yep. I want to start. You know, since we are doing this in Nashville right now, let's start with the South Conference of Division Two. Um, you know, it, it's been probably the most competitive group of teams the last couple of years, and I think maybe last year, the 2018 season, uh, went above and beyond in terms of just you know week to week. Not knowing, you know, is this team going to beat that team? Who's it the favorite? You know, I know we had St. Thomas that that had one loss during the regular season, beat, and that was to Plymouth, so they beat everybody in that yeah. South Conference. But, but some man, of those wins no were man, they were, yeah, like a last minute drive, yep. yeah, yeah, they were, they were had some close wins. You had uh, Alvern eventually making the the, the championship game, yep. um, representing the South Conference. Actually, the first time. Um, what since 20 what year are we in 1870 uh, 2015 that a team from the south conference had made the final because right. the first or previous two years it had been plymouth and bow right. both out of the north um so that kind of kind of an interesting um twist that that hadn't happened in a, in a couple of years um you know and you look at what they did last year and and alvern their first year in d2 um they had seven games last year decided by eight points or less, right? Um, which is just, you know, a, a remarkable thing to think about, especially for a program that had struggled in the last couple of years to win games. That they're they're able to turn out wins in games like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and I've always said uh, that those kind of seasons, even though they're hard on you emotionally and physically, like. By the time you get to the end of the season, if you've made the playoffs and you've had those those type of games that have been decided by those kind of margins, it really does – it almost doubles your experience level that you would get if you were winning or losing by two or three touchdowns a game because, you know, there's never a coast period. I mean, every play counts in those games. So I would say that a lot of their success, it probably helped them to be in those type of games. And, um, you know, I think they go into the season maybe – not as like the you know head and shoulders favorite above everyone else, but as a bit of a, a favorite given that they're returning they their starting quarterback yep. Kyle Gora, um, just a junior, extremely strong last mm -hmm. year, and a um, couple of big running backs. Um, one whose name I apologize, I'm going to butcher Alex uh, Gafrida. I I'm not positive if that's how I you pronounce that's it. That's close. It, okay. Yeah. Well, apologize to Alex if it's not. And uh, Alec Prescott. Um, you know, but they return a lot of kids. They didn't lose too, too much from that team that lost to Plymouth in the championship game. And I think I got to imagine that getting to that point just – I would imagine that they're a program whose numbers got bigger this year just because a lot of kids saw that and was like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. I mean, I, I guess what you really hope, and we've talked about this at the beginning of the year last year, is you really hope that this stint down – uh, in Division Two, re-energizes the program to the point where they're confident and comfortable that they can go up and compete every week in Division One and sustain that competitiveness. Yep. Cause, you know, because numbers-wise, that's that's their fit. Right. And they've had a, you know, they so they come, they go down to D two, they have a good run, they build interest and numbers, like you said, and then, uh, I mean, obviously that's their choice, I guess, and the NHIA's choice, not certainly not my choice, <laughs> but then they can go back to to, to competing with the Division One schools and like. And, and really be a strong competitor. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that, that looking at the way, you know, the cluster they were in, you know, obviously they had been in the West Conference um, last year crossing over with the North. 
I think they would have had a pretty good shot of being a playoff team in Division One last year. Um, but you never know. I mean, I mean, yeah. y- you know, they they have a couple of games, you know, like they had in the past, and maybe you know they're not winning games by you know close games like that. Yeah. Um, or you get that one key injury that you might not have had, and then y- you know if you're not deep, that that changes right, everything. Right. Um, you know, the rest of of maybe the next four or five even teams in that conference. I mean, I, I think you could flip a coin and to, to pick who's gonna, who, you know, who might finish where next. Um, you know, Milford, of course, um, they're coming off a playoff year. Lost to Alvern in the quarterfinals. Actually, lost to Alvern two weeks in a row. Yeah. The regular season and in the quarterfinals, both close games. Uh, I think the quarterfinal Alvern pulled away a little bit at the end. Um, was that the night game at Alvern? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night game. It was. Which it was, was a weirdly yeah, scheduled yeah. game. Um, you know, Milford's got Gavin Erta back at quarterback. Yep. Um, you know, they should be pretty good up front again, I, as they always are. They, they just seem to just grow linemen out yep. there. Um, Colton Burrows, Kyle Forsley, Sam Hodges, three huge guys that they've got coming back up front. Yep. Um, you know, Burrows is a kid who just lives football, um, solid on both sides. Forsley, um, you know, an outstanding center for them. You know, and then um, a kid to kind of keep an eye on that uh, may sound familiar, uh, Caden Zielinski, who Owen's was brother. a second-team all-conference linebacker last year as a freshman. Yes, I remember him because I remember he made a tremendous play in the Jamboree. I think they were playing Concord, and uh, the Concord running back broke away down the right sideline, and it was kind of a guaranteed touchdown, and this kid came out of nowhere and makes a tackle on the right sideline. And I remember looking through the, the program, right, yeah, whatever I had, yeah. I was like, no, 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 this can't be right. You can't be a <laughs> freshman, right? And uh, and certainly turned out to be. So, yeah, they lost Owen Zielinski, who was right, a, a right. great player, and I think he was a Shrine Bowl guy, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. G- having Gavin Erta back from Milford is huge because, one, he's a great athlete, um, and, two, um, I, th- I think he was underrated as a quarterback last year just because they're not uh, a spread team that passes right, the ball yeah. a lot. So, you, unfortunately – they don't get talked about as much, but I think that what he did for that offense in terms of his ball handling and his mobility and his passing ability was extremely underrated. He he and um, the kid from Alvern who we just oh Kyle Gora, Gora right, yeah, who's also tremendous. Those yeah. could be the two best quarterbacks well, in the division. Hold hold that thought right, right there, right? Because there's Hollis Brookline to talk about. Oh, that's too. right. Okay, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Very yeah, fair yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know they have a, a a kid coming back in quarterback at quarterback in in, in, in um, Xander Wimmer, Wimmer yep. who has been um, he's going into his third year as a starter, kind of thrown into the fire sophomore year when when Joey Delaney gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, I think it was five plays into their season oper- opener against Wyndham. It, it, it was. And, yeah. um, and Delaney yeah. was fantastic. Right. Yeah. So you did, had no idea who who this who's <laughs> this Xander. He Wimmer was. I I him. actually so well so all things. If all things go well, uh, on Wednesday there will be a story on Xander and his twin brother Quentin up on the website. Um, you can learn a little bit more about them. Um, but I did have a chance to talk with them last week. And uh, Xander was saying that that game he was actually ready to go in as a receiver. Hmm. You know, that, that Quentin started the game at receiver. They figured they'd get Xander in there too, take advantage of his size a little bit, and then poof. That that plan goes yeah. right out the window. Yeah. Guess what? You're taking, uh, yeah, taking snaps um, and signals. You know, I I've been doing this for you know not as long as as some people, but a, a pretty decent amount of time, uh, more than ten years, 
and the two of them have got to be as just physical physically chiseled kind of high school athletes as I've seen around New Hampshire yeah um, both you know very athletic um, you know they you can tell that they've put put a lot of effort into time in the weight room um, and they just kind of exude this confidence that you know I think a lot of that's gonna help you know Hollis this year regardless of you know who else steps up for them yeah I had heard a little out of Hollis that they had they had bulked up I think the quote that I had heard was my god they look like linebackers this year uh, which is not a bad thing if the they mo- do if yeah the mobility yeah. hasn't changed you know um, I think the big question for Hollis will be what else do they have around those guys right. um, and you know does the old line come around well um, and those were the same exact questions by the way that we asked of them last year right. when we were doing this preview we said hey you know they got some good skill position guys but where's the line going to be where's the defense going to be I think it's still a legitimate question to ask, but but they they you know, s- they, they seem pretty confident in the kids they got. But they lost um, Jeremiah Loans, who yeah. was their center, Coach Chris's son. Yeah. Um, you know, but he was kind of explaining to me that they've got the guys that they've got back. They return what he thinks he looks at as five starters because of injuries forced guys who would have been starters out. Right. Got other kids in there to play, so they're just moving some kids around, and it's right. a matter of them gaining some continuity there so yeah. that that I, I think it might t- well of course it doesn't it doesn't start easy for them as they open with Milford Correct. at Milford uh, first game of the season and that's been a back and forth game though for six or last seven couple years, years yeah yeah, yeah. Mean, really it's, it's it's not been a one-sided affair by any stretch you know and if it sounds like oh well that could be a big three in in the south um, well there's also St. Thomas that you know you got to consider yep. despite the fact they've got a, a new coach and Dave Bryant comes in and replaces Ryan Brown um, you know, they lost 13 seniors from last year, including Sean DeCorn. That's some pretty talented kids back, though. Um, Will McLean, Cameron Paquette, Quinn Wade, Hunter Lassard, Stone Compton, all kids that, um, you know, got a lot of experience the last couple of years. They were a semifinal team last year um, before losing to Alvern. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're by no means a team that you can forget about. They might have a little bit of a slower start, you know, just getting used to, you know, new pieces new coaches, just all that. But, yeah, I mean, it, from what I've heard from other people, St. Thomas is still a team to be uh, rec- reckoned with. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to overlook them because of their history. Um, you know, we mentioned in the D1 preview that, you know, the coaching change can always be a little bit jarring. Now, I don't know, it, uh, was he from I'm, I'm not. Sh- I'm not or? sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure either. But, uh, you know, they lost to Corn and they lost uh, – Bouchard, mm-hmm. right? So was he last year? No, that was t- I think was that, that was two actually years two years ago. ago. Oh, yeah, okay, that's yeah. Just to, I know. To be aware of how this all blends together, but I mean, Decorn. So their key, especially if they continue running the type of system that they've traditionally run, even if it's something similar, um, their biggest challenge is going to be replacing him because he uh, he was surrounded by great talent, but he was a great leader on that team and really made things tick. So. It'll uh, be interesting to see what they have in the QB pipeline. And they open with uh, another interesting game, although this one's at St. Thomas this year. Uh, they start with Sauhegan. Sauhegan yep. um, close game last year. Um, Sauhegan already with bad news before camp even started. Um, they find out that senior Trey Johnson um, hurts his knee at a, a summer or a, you know a, a college camp yep. uh, back in July. Um, I think right away it wasn't quite known how severe the injury was. Um, you know, but he's not only out for football season, but it sounds like he's going to miss basketball season as well. Yeah. So just a real. You That's know. painful news for the Sabers too, because 
not only one of the premier football athletes. I mean, I go back to, you know, think about that photo that you took in the Jamboree last year of just he was completely horizontal. Oh, horizontal yeah, laid out, catching it, catch yeah. in the right corner yeah. of, the, of the street side end zone there. But, I mean, and he made those catches all season long, and he made some improbable runs. He was key in the return game. He was key in the running game for Sauhegan as sort of that jet sweep, you know, outside threat uh, that helped set up some of the inside run stuff. So, and and not only that, but, I, you know, I didn't get to know Trey well while I was at Sauhegan. I knew him well enough, though, to know he was a great kid from a great family. Uh, great family. Very supportive family. And that, that one really hurts. Um, I'm really, really bummed for Sauhegan and for Trey on that. It's one of those ones you almost kind of wish that you could you had red shirts in high school to let the yeah. kid get another year in there. But I'm hopefully sure they wish that too. <laughs> hopefully he can maybe get a post-grad year somewhere or, you know, do something like that because I think he had a I, – I don't know for sure, but I imagine he was probably looking to play something at yeah. the next level because he's I a very good athlete. He's a good enough athlete and he's a good enough student and, a, and, a, and just a character guy that – He'll find his way. There's no question. Uh, not not all doom and gloom for Sauhegan, though. No. They do still. They have a bit of a uh, what's maybe a quarterback battle out there to start the year with uh, Luke Manning, who is a returning kid for them, uh, along with Austin Jane, who was a, a moved here from California. Yep. Um, you know, the two of them were were or are battling out for that quarterback position. It sounds like whoever doesn't end up getting it is still going to be on the field. Yeah. You know, at, at, at a receiver position. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you add in uh, Ryan Hauser. Um, a good running back yeah. and a good defensive player. Uh, Michael Maroon, who's um, a very good linebacker for them. Yeah, is that is he a June going into his junior I'm not, year? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that's the guy I'm thinking of. He was tremendous last year. Uh, I think he was a sophomore last year, if it's the guy I'm thinking of. I don't know why I'm looking at I'm looking at one thing, and I have it right in front well, of me. Well, while you look, I'll comment on the quarterback situation, sure. which is, uh, you know, I, ho- ho- may the best man win, but, but hopefully, especially with the fact that Trey – uh, is injured for Sauhegan. Hopefully, um, the the transfer quarterback whose name you know, but I it escapes me. Uh, Jane, uh, uh, Austin Jane. Austin Jane. Yeah. You know, if he wins out, that gives them the opportunity to leave Luke Manning uh, as a receiving threat because I'm sure they're going to want to have yeah. that. And which he was last. He did he play was, last he year. Was yeah. Tremendous out there last um, year. Right? Maroon is a is a junior this year. So yeah. yeah so that's yeah. the guy I'm thinking of. He he yeah. was a, not only was he good on defense, but he was actually a pretty good offensive lineman too. Um, another team to kind of keep an eye on in the conference, Pelham. Um, yeah. They keep seeming like they're right on the doorstep. I think they missed the playoffs the last two year by two years yeah. by one game, by even by points. Yeah, yeah. So they um, and they they did take a hit, um, big loss for them in, in losing Brett Lindsay, who was a, a outstanding running back for yeah. them. Um, they've got Ian Hoy back at quarterback. Uh, Matt Crowley and Colby Travis are also back. Ed Schlimmen is a, a big lineman for them. Um, one kid that I kind of I don't know if he's going to be a regular or an every down kind of kid for them, but I know he's a tremendous athlete. Is uh, Charlie Caton? He's also an outstanding lacrosse player for the lacrosse team. Um, handles faceoffs and yeah. it's a big part of their offense. I know he's had some pretty big uh, moments for them over the last couple of years. So that's yeah. you know certainly the the cupboard isn't bare for them. So no. they they could be right in there in the mix for a playoff spot. And and they had some big wins last year. You know that that win that they had over a, a very talented Hollis team at Hollis uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Was they just have their number. It's was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like how Conval did for a couple of years yeah. there. Just. I kind of inexplicably, like, just, you know. Yeah, just, just sort of, yeah. Good matchup, I guess. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Pelham then played Sauhegan the next week over at Pinkerton. Right, and, and it was a shootout, kind and of. And yeah, one, yeah. Right. Now, is um, 
is Travis the big receiver? I can't. Yeah, I, th I think. I I know that if if they had a kid that was a was pretty yeah, good receiver good size. for them last year, that if they if they're bringing that duo back, they're going to be dangerous because they had a really good running game, but they could complement it with a with a, a pretty dangerous vertical pass game. So. Yeah. Um, out in, you know, another team in the South, Conval, um, moving on to a, another new head coach. Um, familiar name to, to those uh, listening in the Nashua area, greater Nashua area, uh, Rob Klaus, mm. who was a former Nashua South and Alvern assistant. Son Jesse also played at South and later at Bentley. Um, took a year off from coaching last year to watch his son, you know, finish out his senior year uh, at Bentley. Um, you know, the big thing I found, you know, just kind of, searching for info today on online um klaus was hired in april of this year and why is that a big deal you might say um because according to one story that i read that was three months earlier than when conval hired a head coach yeah. last year right so that in and of itself a big thing for the cougars that they've already got things going um you know it looks like he's um they've got a, a very large number of starters returning he's installing a flex bone offense which I will let you yeah. describe because I have so, no idea what that means. So there's two major points for Conval on this one. One is it's completely contrary to anything you're going to see in Division Two. Uh, it's actually what most of the service academies run. So if you watch Navy um, or Army in particular, if you watch the Army-Navy So like game, that triple option kind of stuff that, oh boy. With a lot of motion, but uh, for teams that are undermanned or maybe don't have like the, the offensive line that some of these other teams have or what have you, if you can be disciplined and you really know how to coach that system and the kids are, the, if the kids buy into it and are dedicated to it, which I hope they will, it's a really good system. Um, and the second thing is, Conval used to run the flex bone back in the 2011, 2012 timeframe when Coach Leonard was there. And uh, it, it's tough to defend, right? You've got to spend time on that. so. Um, so that could be kind of exciting for them because it's going to be a completely different look for the division. It'll give them an advantage, uh, whereas you know teams are preparing for a spread or wing T or I stuff, and then all of a sudden you get this this triple team that comes at you. You're like, oh boy, we have to we got to completely change how we think about um, defending that. So so good for them. That well, should I'm be fun to watch. I'm glad you brought that up because the next team on the on the list, another team that runs an offense or at least has run an offense the last couple of years that that is hard to defend, uh, Manchester West had been in that single, single wing, wing the look the last couple look. of years. Yep. Um, not sure if they're going to stick with that. They, of course, graduated Jamison Mayhew, um, yeah. who was just a, an outstanding running back for them yep. um, the last couple of years. They do return a couple of big linemen in um, Kevin Johnson, Jordan Escabey, who were both all-state – or, excuse me, all-conference kids yep. uh, from last year. So, you know, I think there's a, maybe a good foundation for them um, going into this year. Um, you know, and then the other team in the south, uh, Sanborn, um, don't know too much about them other than they lost a pretty good tight end whose name is escaping me at the moment, but um, trans or graduated, went off to Tilton. So yeah. um, I know they've, had, they've given teams some trouble in the past. Um, we'll see if that happens again this year. Yeah, and I think, I think Coach Welch was on uh, a one-year sabbatical. I don't know whether it was family-related or what have you, but I, I'm not clear on whether he's back or not yet. So hopefully he's back, and um, I'm sure he missed his team, but uh, – but you know they've been they've been competitive the last few years too, and that's no surprise. I remember playing them uh, when I was at Sauhegan, and even though their record didn't reflect it, they always had really tough, well-coached kids, and they battled. And so 
that's one of those teams that you you know could be a spoiler if they have if they put things together. Uh, so that's the South. Uh, moving on to the North, of course, the team that everybody is going to have at the top of their favorite list, um, with very good reason, regardless of what they've got coming back. Um, you know, Plymouth is a three-time defending state champion, division or Division Two champion. Um, you know, they've won. I don't know. It feels like a million games in a row. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It just it, it they go through <laughs> through these cycles. Every huh, once where in a while, they lose a couple games, and yeah. then all of a sudden they go on that tear. Everybody again. and everyone says, <gasps> "What's yeah. what happened? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and may, maybe this maybe this year they do lose a couple games. You know, I was looking at, at what, you know, what they've gone through the last or who they've cycled through the last couple of years. You know, you look at the 2018 team, um, or excuse me, the 2017 championship team that you know those seniors were the big pieces of back-to-back champions. They graduated 17 kids after yeah. the 2017 season. Last year, 2018, they graduated another 15 seniors. 32 kids in two years. Yeah. That's a, a lot for Huge a program time. of that size. This year, I think, by my count, they've got seven seniors yeah. coming back. Um, two of those, uh, Kale Swanson, Joe Cleary, are, are, are some very good kids. Um, and, of course, they've got uh, Cody Bannon, who was a sophomore last year starting a quarterback. In, yeah. the, in the championship game. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot of continuity right there. And, you know, they've always been very good at uh, at reloading, obviously, right? You don't win, the, you know, that many games or, or put consecutive championships together without doing it. But I think they've also been, been really good about they have the same system year to year, no matter what. It's very consistent. But then they tailor the complexity and, like, the details of their offense and defense to – the level of their kids, right? So if they have a less experienced team, they understand how to scale back their system and sort of maximize it for the experience that they have. So, yeah, that's one of those reasons why you look at the turnover and you say, oh, yeah, maybe they're going to be vulnerable, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, not going to say that. <laughs> there's, Yeah, you say that a lot about teams. Yeah, just kind of, oh, man, I, just to see somebody different. Um and it never ends up happening that way. No, yeah. no. They're always going to be in the mix. But the two teams that probably have the best shot at maybe at least finishing ahead of Plymouth this year in the standings, um, actually the team that Plymouth opens with um, on the road to start the season, Bo. Um, sounds like their numbers are up there. Um, they've you know, been a playoff team all three years that they've been in Division Two. of course a finalist. Yeah. Uh, a losing big upsetter. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, that's a, that. kind of the thing. They were, I think, those first two years, they were the seventh or the eighth seed, going on the road and pulling off some upsets. Last year, they actually hosted Sowegan yeah. in the quarterfinals and got upset themselves. Yeah. So maybe that's their key: is they is need Bo to finish. Sowegan again this year because at was, the end of the yeah end of the year two in a row that Sowhegan two weeks in a row that were tough ones. Yeah. So I would imagine Bo's got Sowegan. Oh yeah. Well, right after. Well, of course, they got a whole year to go through right after the um, that opener. Of course, they. Did lose um, some significant numbers, returned some pretty good kids, though. Stephen Garrett, Andrew Berube um, leading the way there. Chris Wheeler, uh, along with Andrew Robbins. And Sebastian Bolio, I believe, is going to step in at quarterback for them. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're a team that – and, and with, you know, Paul Cohen, their head coach, always has them kind of like Plymouth in position to be successful regardless of what, you know, what is on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, another one of those teams that had the same consistent system for a long time, too, so the kids know year to year they can step in easy. The other team that I think you know could challenge Plymouth in the north, Hanover, um, they don't have a lot of kids returning. I think from what I saw it was maybe five or six starters total. Um, you know, They graduated some really good kids, Simon Roach, 
Mason Winter and Griffin Young. Um, but then they return uh, Caleb Morse, who was an all-conference safety last year, and I believe he's going to be stepping in at quarterback for them. So, I mean, and they're, you know, from, from what I've read, they are a team that um, this year really uh, got into the weight room during the offseason just to try to get more physical. And, um, you know, they may not need a ton of skill kids this year. If they can just line up and maul people, it's, you know. Yeah, and that's on a bad, that's on a bad way of going about your business, uh, especially, especially uh, you know, when it gets into playoff time and the weather gets bad. And that's been their identity for a while, though. I mean, they're, they're pretty good on the ground. They always have tough runners and a, and a very well-coached offensive line, from what I recall. So, um, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, a team that came up um, just short of the playoffs last year in the North, Guilford-Belmont. Um, they're a team that looks like you know, or, or believes that it has a shot at getting back in. They've got eight starters a lot back. Of kids back. Yeah, eight starters on both sides of the ball. I don't know how many of those kids are both ways. Probably one of the biggest ones, though, um, quarterback Alex Cheek, who had a really big year as a sophomore, back as a junior. I think he threw for over 1,400 yards last year. Um, so, you know, f- for a program like, you know, that probably doesn't throw the ball too much, that's, yeah. that's a. Uh, and a sophomore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then another team that, that made the playoffs last year that I think could be in contention for a spot, John Stark. Um, their second year under coach uh, Kevin McGinty. Um, I think they might be getting a little bit away from, they ran more of like a run-heavy offense last year. They were a single-wing yeah. team too, yeah. Um, sounds like they might be getting away from that. Nathan Tower coming in as a junior to play quarterback, has a little maybe more experience throwing the ball. Um, but Logan Bellevue sounds like he's going to be their workhorse on offense in terms of running the ball. Yeah, they lost, uh, I forget the kid's name, but he was like a running back and a free safety. I think he, he was uh, he was an all-star. He was in one of the all-star games. Uh, I really liked him. What I saw from him is that they lost him. He was he was a big deal for for them last year in terms of making making that go. But uh, I think he was number twenty one. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Cole or something like that. Oh, but Jacob Cole. Jacob Cole. Right. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, so that was a big loss for them. But they do have a lot coming back. And uh, so if they are changing their offensive system, that's always you, you got to always sort of look at that and say, all right, well, are they going to be behind a little bit because the continuity goes away? But uh, but other than that, yeah, Stark Stark has some interesting stuff coming back. And you have another team that's kind of been close to, to playoffs at, at, the, at times uh, in the format that Division Two is in in Kennett. Um, you know, they return a couple of all-conference kids, um, you know, so they will hopefully or should take a little bit of a step forward, I would imagine. Um, you know, then you've got, some teams that have struggled the last couple of years. Um, Kingswood, they've got a new coach in Paul Landry, but they're, you know, graduating or graduated Cam Mann, who um, was, was probably the top player in the state that you never heard of. Yeah, he um, was a stud in the Shrine oh yeah, Bowl game. Yeah. I mean, he was the leading rusher, I think, on that offense. They do, however, return uh, a total of 17 starters uh, on both sides. Or That's both huge. sides combined. So yeah. that could be make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Pembroke, um, also has struggled the last couple of years. Will Moore's in his second season for them. Um, they've also got double digits in, r- in terms of returning players. So that, you know, hopefully that helps them maybe take the next step. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Merrimack Valley, um, coached by uh, your, your mentor. Yes. Yeah, and you know they're going to be improved. I mean, they lost um, uh, Hazel Tyne, who was a really good running back for them. He was their tailback, and... Um, I think he was I, I can't remember if he's a linebacker or a DB on defense but um, but you know you know they're going to be improved as well because it'll be the second year in a system and being familiar with the coach and uh, it, you know so so I, I think they factor to be competitive as well so that um, that covers division two 
Um, I think, like we did last week, we're going to hold off on our uh, any any predictions in terms of playoffs until uh, till next week. Yeah. Uh, when we we maybe know a little bit more and I think I was kind of wrap it up all together. Certain about division two <laughs> than I was about one, and we weren't certain about one <laughs> at all. So I will say I feel like if there's you know. The North Conference might be a little top-heavy. The South, I think, has some pretty good depth. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, with the way the playoffs are structured, um, only one team is guaranteed from getting in from either right. conference, right. that team that finishes first. You know, uh, this maybe this could be a weird year where you get, you know, Last six, year was six teams from year. one conference and, and, you know, two from the other. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but. Almost every team you name from the South has, has a shot. Whether it's a legit shot or an outside shot, almost every team you name, and that right. was kind of yeah. the case last year. We talked about those back and forth games, and oh my god, you know that team beat that team. Okay, that's interesting. And, and then, yeah, like you said, maybe a little bit more top heavy in the north, um, but we may know a little bit less about those teams from the north as well, just because of our geographic location. So who knows? Well, that's certainly possible. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I am unable to make trips up, you know. Beyond the lakes region too it's often it, on a, it's on a tough regular basis. to get basis, up to yeah. for a for a home Kennet game, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before we wrap up, uh, of course, this Friday is the Queen City Jamboree. Um, yeah. Anything? I mean, we've we knew you know we know what the matchups are. Um, of course, gets underway at three thirty, uh, with I believe it's Timberland and Goffstown opening things up, which oh. is kind of a, an interesting matchup. Yeah, you know because I think. Um, you know, the last few years they've been more willing to kind of match up teams that are going to play each other in the regular season. Yeah, that which was is always kind interesting. Of a no-no. Yeah, and and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Of course, you've got um, the last couple of years, Milford and Sauhegan have been in it, which has been nice. I know for a while it almost seemed like they completely got away from having any non D one teams in there outside of West. Yeah, I think for a while we, when I was at Sauhegan, we were one of the only in, in West and Trinity. Uh, you know, right. the, the city yeah. teams are obviously yeah. in it, but we were the only non-city, non-D1 team in it. Yeah, so they, yeah, Milford and Sauhegan are in it again this year, along with Trinity, which actually finishes off the night against Bishop Girton. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've also got... they got the Catholic schools. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got Timberline and Goffstown starting at 3.30, followed by Sauhegan-Concord. Uh, Inner-city matchup with West and Memorial followed by Salem and Bedford, That'll which was a fantastic one last year. Yeah. Um, Milford Central, I'm really kind of interested to see how that goes. Yeah. And then, of course, BG and Trinity wrapping it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, hard to believe that, that it's already this Friday. It, yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. And I'm going to say for the people that are listening, I mean, it's an awesome event. It may be one of my favorite. It, it doesn't mean anything, obviously, right? It's, right. It's, it's, you know, it's not even uh, – a full football game between each teams, but it's an awesome event. I, I love it. Like it's a good atmosphere. It's really well run. Um, and you just, you see so many teams in just one sitting and, and uh, yeah. you get a good sense for what's going on in the season by doing that. I, I love it. It just, it signals the start of fall for me. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I was thinking about this last weekend because as, you know, as I said last week, I grew up a Pittsburgh sports fan. I still read, Pittsburgh newspapers online. Um, yes, I'm still keeping up with the Pirates despite what's going on. Make fun of me if you will. Uh, there's some there's <laughs> some ammo for you. Oh no! Well, I was I was I was that was that was you can. I was also directed at anyone anyone yeah. listening to. Um, 
you know, but I by in in reading those, you know, I'm, you know, I also see some of the high school stuff that's going on out there. Of course, football is huge in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. And one of the things that they've started doing a couple of years ago is that first, not even really the first week of the season. They call it Week Zero, mm. where you play a game that I don't, I don't remember if they count or not, but it's basically like a scrimmage. Yeah. Like you play a game against a team that you normally wouldn't play. Um, you know, when I worked in Kentucky, they had something. Um, interesting down there, similar. They called them bowl games to open the season. I, I actually have a T-shirt from one of them, yeah. um, which is actually kind of weird that you know to think about, like a high school bowl game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in the house, I'm sure, unless my wife got to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, and I was thinking about what would I like more? Would I like to have seen like a real, you know, quote unquote game this weekend, or do I like this, the jamboree format, where, like you said. There's going to be a dozen teams there playing yeah. that I'm going to get to know a little bit more about. And, right. and I'm also going to get pictures of, which doesn't sound like much, but is huge Yeah, yeah <laughs> down can, the road. You can get um, a good library of yes. pictures right from there. Um, I think I prefer this. You know? I, yeah. I think it's awesome. I mean, you, if you have the time to go, you can roll in there at any time and see a bunch of a bunch of good football you can get a sense for what's coming in the season i mean obviously there's a lot to be played between now and the end of october but i love it i think it's just a it's just a great atmosphere the teams usually play really hard i mean obviously it's preseason so it's not like they're game and there there's been years where some kids haven't played you know coaches have held out kids uh, yeah yeah i mean you hope and pray that kids stay healthy i mean there was josh maroon last year and i think uh um, the kid from Goffstown, uh, the quarterback, got uh, Charlie Keith got a little banged dinged up, up you know, a so little bit, I think. Yeah. So you hope that that doesn't, yeah. that kind of thing doesn't happen, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Of course, and it's held at Gill Stadium in Manchester. Which should probably probably mention that too, where yeah, it's actually w- taking place. Right, which is an awesome kind of historic place, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. it's just got a great feel to it. Yeah. I think that about wraps us up for our uh, Division Two preview, mixed in with uh, a few other thoughts on other random. Random topics. Random uh, topics are always good. Yeah, keep everybody. I uh, hopefully keep people uh, on entertained. Their toes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for uh, joining me this week. Thank you. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening. <laughs>